The, the Braves acquire another big arm for the bullpen, the rotation, and Ronaldo Lopez. We'll talk about that. And also on this Miners Monday, another big arm that could be sooner than anticipated in Hurston Waldrop. All that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media as well, Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast. If you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We're approaching 7,800 subscribers, I believe, last time I looked. So had a big uptick here lately. Y'all killed it last Friday. I think our last video had over uh, 1,200 or 12,000 views. Uh, so thank you so much for all the support there. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button help support the show spread the love and as always during the off season i do a lot of these live so you want to join a live show typically do it starting around nine central 10 eastern and we already have so many people in here in the chat wanting to talk about renato lopez hurston waldrop and jake baldwin give a shout out to some of these some of you already in here like joe mixon showing up even in the hospital thanks so much for the dedication there joe mixon we got joe me as well who's looking to take me down in fantasy football this week jeffrey humphreys the wild one in here nick c rich uh, a lot of others in here as well lone wolf leland michael thanks so much robert frankie jessica cherry joseph recap chris Kaysen, so many of you in here shan cox Thank you so much for showing up, supporting Lex Rollins as well. Thanks for being here for the live show. Whether you're watching live or on the replay, thank you so much for all your support at Locked On Braves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Getting started for today's podcast. Well, we're talking about the Ronaldo Lopez signing. What does that mean? What is the plan? Is he going to be a reliever? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be both? We'll talk about all that. And is this the move for the Braves in the rotation? Is this the big move or is there more to come? Certainly hope there's more to come, but we'll talk about all of that. And then this is a Miners Monday episode. So I want to discuss Hurston Waldrop. But now a lot of you, like myself, are excited about and Drake Baldwin as well, who had a big rise this past year, ending up in AAA. So a lot to discuss on today's podcast. Let's jump into the Ronaldo Lopez signing. This was a guy I talked about earlier in the offseason. Didn't, you know, harp on it too much, but when we talked about relievers and you know, we we're all were wanting to get some more higher velocity guys. Lopez is somebody I was really high on. And I didn't think he would get a deal to this level, but I think it's to this level for a certain reason. Three years, 30 million, only making 4 million in 2024, but 11 million in 2025, uh, 11 million in 2026, with an $8 million option in 27 with a $4 million buyout. That's a really big buyout. And while he is only making 4 million in 2024, the AAV 
does you know push a pretty good mark against the luxury tax payroll, which again looks strictly at the AAV, the average annual value of the contract. So I do like this deal, and I was happy to see they got him. Like I said, Lopez was a guy that I really liked. Turned thirty or turns thirty in January. Right-handed pitcher, born in the Dominican Republic, signed by the Nationals in 2012, was the top pitching prospect in 2017. Traded along with Dane Dunning and Lucas Giolito to the White Sox for Adam Eaton. That's a pretty good trade for the White Sox there. Um, this past season, he was traded with Giolito again to the Angels for Kai Bush and Edgar Cuero was released and then selected by the Guardians off waivers. If the Guardians are picking up a, a, pitch, a pitcher, that always piques my interest a little bit, means maybe they see something in him. But even before that, I mean, Lopez has been a pretty good reliever. He's been in the big leagues for eight years. Over those eight seasons, a 4.32 ERA, 1.301 whip, not great, 679 and two-thirds innings, 3.3 walk per nine and an 8.2 K per nine. Now there are two halves to the career for Ronaldo Lopez. First half of his career, he was a starter from... 2016 to part of 2021 with the Nats, mostly the White Sox. He was a starter and he had two years of 180 plus innings. So showed some durability as a starter, but the results weren't necessarily great. As a starter, he has started 97 games in the big leagues, a 4.73 ERA, a 1.372 whip and a 7.7 K per nine. So didn't really live up to the high prospect rating that he had coming up as a starter. But in that 2021 season, the White Sox decided to move him to the bullpen. And as a reliever, he just continues to get better. In 144 games as a reliever, a 3.01 ERA and a 1.077 whip with a 9.6 K per nine. Now, in 2021 and 2022, he had walk rates of around 5% and K rates around 25%. But this past year, you saw both of those numbers tick up. The walk rate ballooned to 12.2%, but the strikeout rate went up to 30%. So you keep that strikeout rate where it is and bump down that walk rate a little bit, you're looking at you know, a back-end, possibly closer-type reliever. I think what interests me and a lot of you, I see a lot of you in the comment, Chris Kaysen saying 95 to 100 miles per hour, I think that's what – intrigues a lot of people when you look at Lopez is when he moved to being a reliever, that fastball velocity really ticked up from averaging you know, around 95 miles per hour with the fastball his first six years of, of his career. Since going to the bullpen, it's averaged more 98 miles per hour. And Braves faced him back in July when he was with the Angels, and you were regularly seeing 100 miles per hour. So this is a fastball that can get up there velocity-wise and is a big reason why he has been so good as a reliever. I keep saying as a reliever, we're going to have this conversation. But last year, his four-seamer was basically unhittable, 100, uh, 188 batting average against. His slider gets big whiff rates in the upper 30s, but it's a pitch that based, you know, from baseball savant actually had a negative run value in 2023, and his slider hasn't had a positive run value since 2018. Now, it hasn't been a big negative for him, but – it hasn't been a huge positive either, but it's still a very good pitch for him. Works well off that fastball. Braves, now the plan for the Braves is to stretch him out as a starter. 
That to me was a bit of a surprise, but if you look at the contract, I think it makes sense. The 11 million they're paying him for the next two years says to me that they either expect him to be a middle of the rotation starter or to be a high leverage back end reliever, eighth inning, possibly closer type reliever. Now they do have Iglesias under contract for two more years. You figure he'll be the closer, maybe that third year. You're talking about putting Lopez into that mix. Maybe they look to trade Iglesias at some point. Um, that's future down the road. I don't think they're doing that anytime soon, nor should they. But paying him that much, again, in my mind, says that they think, again, he's got to be one of those two things. He either has to be a middle-of-the-rotation pitcher or he has to be a high-leverage high reliever at the back end of games. That's a, a lot of money, and the Braves have already committed a lot of money to the bullpen now with – uh, Joe Jimenez with Pierce Johnson, A.J. Minter, who is gone after this year. The Braves don't extend him or bring him back. And Rysel Iglesias, they spent a lot of money on this bullpen. But, again, going into spring training, they're going to try to stretch him out as a starter. I think, I think this has the potential to work out. I talked about the velocity. If you can move him back into a starter role and that velocity can be maintained for – you know, five, six innings, and, you know, the slider is still good with the whiff rates, and then that changeup, which is a pitch for him that's been solid in his career, but he's going to have to up the usage of it back to, you know, 15%. If he can do that, I think he can get through a lineup two, possibly three times, and I think there's a potential there for him to be a middle-of-the-rotation type starter. I think that's a big ask. Um, and again, maybe even this year, we kind of see them go back and forth. Maybe they use them in the bullpen, but maybe you need a, a starter instead of going with an opener, you go with Lopez and see if he can get you through a lineup a couple of times. So I, I don't hate the idea. Here's the only issue. And I think it's what I've seen a lot of fans talking about. If this is the move to get a starter and you don't get another starter, then I don't like this move. If you're getting Lopez, hoping he becomes one of those answers in your rotation, then I don't like this move. And I don't think that's what this is. I think this is a potential backup plan. And tomorrow we're going to talk more about what is the plan now at starting pitching, assuming Alex doesn't go out and sign another pitcher uh, here before then. But tomorrow we'll talk more about what the plan is next because I think Aaron Nola was plan A. And now that that hasn't worked out, I feel like this is a pivot move to get some sort of backup option. But I don't think it's going to take them out of the running of getting, you know, a high, you know, mid-rotation, top of the rotation type starter. Uh, I can see Cortana in here talking about Sonny Gray. I don't think this takes them out of getting a, a Sonny Gray. You know, maybe they're still in on a Yamamoto, as I see CW in here saying. I, I don't I don't think this takes them out of that. I think this is okay. We didn't get plan A in Aaron Nola. Let's go ahead and get Lopez, lock him up. If he works into a starter you know, great, but that's not going to prevent us from signing another, you know, starter that we like. I think that's the way this is going to work out. We'll see how everything unfolds, but if they're signing Lopez in hopes of him filling a starting rotation spot, that worries me a little bit, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Obviously, we're going to have to see how things play out. So, at the end of the day, I like Lopez, especially, again, if he's going to be in the bullpen, I think he could be great there. If it turns out they can make him into a middle rotation type starter, then fantastic. But again, 
at the bottom line, if he is just a high leverage reliever, which I think he can be, that is great. And I love that the fact that Braves, Braves are piling up some high velocity arms. Bummer's velocity has come down a little bit, but still somebody can get it to 96, 97. Johnson Jimenez can do the same mentor as well. So you got some high velocity guys now in this bullpen that you feel pretty good about. And you got one guy in the minor leagues that you feel pretty good about as well, who could have an impact in 2024. Of course, I'm talking about Hurston Waldrop. We'll discuss him more next. Get in on the action this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook in FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Watching some Monday night football right now with the Chiefs and the Eagles. Good game going on there. You want to get in on that action and you do so. Win a $5 money line bet, get $150 bucks in bonus bets in return you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. there's no better time to get in on the action and then right now this app is easy to use they have betting options including spreads player props overs unders and more you're looking for some futures bets you can go ahead and put your money down on the favorite atlanta braves for the 2020 2024 world series they also have some thanksgiving specials going on with picks for those thanksgiving day games so that should be a lot of fun you're sitting around watching some NFL action on this Thanksgiving. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on that action. Also visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Haven't checked that out. Go over there. Do that. Subscribe to those guys. Uh, Again, if you're just... Sitting at home working all day, you want to put on some sports coverage, you can turn it all over there to Lockdown Sports Today, 24-7 coverage of your favorite sports. Getting into our Miners Monday segment here, we're going to start with Hurston Waldrip. If you have watched this podcast for a while and you were with me through the draft coverage this past draft, you know how excited I was with getting Hurston Waldrip. I kind of quit talking about him in my draft preview because I thought there's no way he falls to the Braves. Well, he did. They actually drafted the guy I wanted to, and I was ecstatic. Could not believe that he fell to the Braves. 6'2", 210 pounds, turns 22 in March. This guy looks like a dude on the mound. You watch him pitch. We talk about Quadzilla with Strider, not making comparisons, but he's got that same strong lower half. 2023 at Florida, pitched 101 and two-thirds innings. Had a 4.16 ERA, a 1.397 whip, a walk per nine of five, and a K per nine of 13.8. 2023 professionally pitched 29 and a third innings across four levels, 1.53 ERA, a 1.193 whip, had a walk per nine of 4.9, and a K per nine of 12.6. So the walk per nine, K per nine, pretty much identical to what he had. At the college level this year, that's over 130 innings pitched for him this year. So he is already stretched out pretty much for a full professional season. 12 home runs allowed in college. That's a home run per nine of 1.09. But 
take any college numbers with a big grain of salt. Balls are flying out right now in college baseball. Gave up just one home run in those 29 and a third innings in the big leagues. I actually watched it. was in the game that I watched. He hung a slider. Dude absolutely crushed it. But for the most part, kept the ball in the park and on the ground with that split finger. You look at the stuff for Hurston Waldrip. Fastball sits 95-97. It can get to a tick higher as well. In my looks, I wasn't actually blown away by the fastball other than just the velocity. I didn't see a lot of swing and miss stuff with the fastball. Saw several upper-level good hitters that were able to square it up, especially if they got into a fastball count and were able to sit on it. I saw some hitters square that fastball up, so I wasn't overly impressed with the fastball in my looks at it. The pitch that is just a big separator for him is the split changeup. It is just an unhittable pitch when he throws it and when he throws it with command. It's a mid to upper 80s split changeup that just falls off the table. I posted this on my social media account, shortstop ball the other day while I was watching this. You want to go look for a video on it. It is just, it can make hitters look ridiculous as it did in the video that I posted. Has a little fade from left-handed hitters as well. Both his fastball and his splitter are good enough to get through a lineup a couple of times with just those two pitches. Now, again, I'm not making the Spencer Strider comparison here. It's not Spencer Strider has a plus-plus fastball and a plus-plus slider. I would say Waldrop probably has a plus fastball and a plus-to-plus-plus splitter. So it's not a one-to-one comparison here where Strider can get through a lineup three times with just two pitches. I don't think – I think if Waldrop had the command, maybe he could – but he's not quite to that point. But those two pitches, bottom line, what I'm trying to say is those two pitches are good enough that he can get outs with just those two pitches. One thing that I wanted to see with Waldrop in my looks at the professional level, and I watch him a lot at college. Some of you that don't know, I I cover college baseball as well, specifically the SEC. So I was very aware of Waldrop, watched a ton of his starts. One thing that I didn't see at the college level that I wanted to see at the professional level is can he throw that split changeup for strikes? And I was very happy to see that he can, and he did pretty regularly. He was able to get that split changeup over for strikes. In the college level, he didn't have to because he was going to get a lot of chases on that. But at the professional level, you're going to be able to show that you can throw that splitter for a strike. And so I was glad to see that he was able to do that again pretty regularly. I saw him was able to land some of those splitters in the zone, get swings and misses on it in the zone, but also just create some weak contact. You know, if you fall behind, 2-0, 2-1, like I said, if a hitter's going to sit on that fastball, they're going to be able to square it up, as most good hitters are. you got to be able to throw that splitter in those unfavorable counts for pitchers and be able to land it for a strike. So it's good to see that he he was able to do that. The pitch that could be the separator for Hurston Waldrop and whether or not he becomes a frontline starter is the slider. It's another high 80s pitch, hard-breaking action. It has the ability to be a plus pitch if it's not already but he didn't seem to have the command of it as he did his other pitches. And the, the one downfall for Hurston Waldrop is just the command in general. But I feel like there is a little bit better command with the fastball and the splitter than with that slider. And I think the next step for him is obviously overall command because, you know, that's, again, the biggest knock on him right now, that, that walk per nine of five, that's got to get closer to three. But 
overall command on all of his pitches, but specifically the sliders. Just so many times I saw it back up on him. I mentioned the home run. He gave up a slider that just stayed middle-middle, and that'll happen to the best of pitchers. But I think the slider in particular, he's got to get better command of, along with all of his other pitches, and he could be top-of-the-rotation type starter. Because when he gets to the upper levels, you're going to see good hitters lay off some of these pitches, especially if you struggle with command. You want to see what that looks like. Go back and watch the College World Series game that he pitched against LSU. And that lineup was locked in in that College World Series. And it was a very good lineup, headlined by Dylan Cruz. In that game, he gave up three earned on four hits and six walks over two and a third innings. The only amazing part is that he didn't give up more runs in that outing but six walks in two and a third innings because that LSU lineup had seen him. They knew what he could throw. They knew that he had command, can have command issues. And if he does and you're facing patient hitters, they are going to sit there and make you throw a strike and make you throw that splitter for a strike. He wasn't able to do that in that College World Series start that I watched. So that, that to my mind, is the only thing that's holding Walter back from being a top-of-the-rotation type pitcher and that is the future for him i think he can be a number one number two starter just has to work a little bit on command he did in the year at triple a i don't necessarily think that means he's going to come into spring training with a chance to win a spot now he's going to come into spring training and he's going to get looks but i still you know i wouldn't be counting on that or banking on that but you know as i see uh cd cw saying freed is 100 gone if that's the case then hopefully by 2025, Waldrop's ready to step in to that top of the rotation. I think he goes back to possibly even double-A. Look, the reason he and Drake Baldwin both got a look at triple-A to end the year is because the double-A season was over and they wanted to continue to get looks at them, and they thought they were ready for those levels. I don't think they would have moved them up if that wasn't the case, but you know, there's a chance that both of these guys go back to double-A to get more work there and then continue to progress. But you know, Waldrop being a you know, pitcher from the SEC ranks. He's faced a lot of high uh, competition. I mean, he faced Dylan Cruz of the world. Wyatt Langford was on his own team. Um, so again, I think it would be, you know, justified if you wanted to start him at AAA, but that'll all work itself out. Bottom line is he's got some things to work on, specifically command issues. And once he gets that down, hopefully the Braves can help him with the mechanics a little bit. It's a bit of an up-tempo up delivery that sometimes can get out of a whack leading to those command issues, but if the Braves can help him work on that, again, I think you're looking at a top of the rotation starter here in Hurston Waldrop, somebody that, again, we could see at some point in 2024, but I'm hoping 2025 is where we really see him earn a spot in this rotation, become a, a big part of this rotation and the future of it going forward. So I'm so excited about the future of Hurston Waldrop with the Braves. Somebody else that has gotten a lot of people excited with this past offseason is Drake Baldwin. Could he fi figure into the mix at catcher? Is he the replacement for Travis Darno in the future, backing up Sean Murphy, getting some time at DH? We'll discuss that more next. Other prospect we want to get into on this Miners Monday is Drake Baldwin. Third pick for the Braves in 2022 out of Missouri State. Six foot two, 210 or six foot, 210 pounds. Bats left, throws right. Catcher has DH a good bit as well. 2022, he played 24 games slash 258, 396, 
315, no home runs, 19 walks, 25 strikeouts. Most of that at uh, low A Augusta or single A Augusta. 2023 played 109 games slash 270, 385, 460. Those sh- showed some more of that power. That's an 845 OPS, 16 home runs, 67 walks to 98 strikeouts. Most of that coming at high A Rome. As for the bat, I don't love the stance. It's He starts with his hands way up above his head, and then he has a very high leg kick, and those two come together to meet in the middle as he preps for his swing. I don't love that. I just think it's got way too much movement in it for my liking, but he makes it work. There's a lot of, there's a big history of hitters who have unconventional swings that, that make it work. I just feel like there's a lot of movement in that swing can lead to a lot of holes if you're not exactly on time, but he seems to have a good feel for that swing. And it seems to have served him well in his career so far. Also pretty quickly found out while watching him that there's a hole in his swing. And if I found that out in three, four games that I watched him play, I think a lot of pitchers are going to as well. Just about every at bat that I watched with Drake Baldwin, pitchers were throwing him away. And why wouldn't you? If you look at that swing, again, it's a very powerful swing. And it looks like for the most part, he is pool happy and pulls off the baseball. So it's I understand why pitchers throw him away. You throw him up and away, he actually covers that really well. And I saw at least three balls that he barreled up the other way on pitches that were up and away. But you throw him down and away, and I saw a lot of swings and misses, a lot of weak contact in that area, and I saw those hips flying open. Wasn't able. He actually was able to get a hit on a pitch down and away, and it was the worst-looking swing I have ever seen. Everything was pulled off into the first base dugout, but he was able to bloop it in for a single. So that is an area of weakness for him. But again, I saw you pitch the one person I saw pitch him in and he took him deep. He absolutely crushed a fastball in over the outside or over the right field fence. So he's got that big power. He can cover things on the inside. Like I said, up and away, he gets to it. It's really just that down and away area that he struggles with. And just pulling up one of his games from AAA where you have StatCast data on available, he had exit velocities of 106.6, 98.3, 104.4, and 108.7. So that is pretty impressive power there from Drake Ball when he was 3 for 4 in that game with the home run that I saw and also a pair of singles. So he's got that pop in him. I think he has a chance to hit 240, 250. With 15 to 20 home runs as an everyday catcher, you know, getting 400 at bats, I think that's pretty doable for Drake Baldwin. Um, could there be a little bit more, perhaps, if he just turns into a DH? I think so. Behind the dish, I saw him throw down a second twice. Wasn't anything impressive there. Neither one of the throws even got to second base. Um, but I just wasn't really impressed with the arm. And again, two views that I saw. I thought he was fine receiving and blocking, but again, Nothing really stood out there. I didn't think he was particularly quick behind the plate, but he blocked up pretty much everything that I saw, again, in my three, four-game viewing that I had. He caught five of eight of Walter's eight starts this year. I don't know if there's anything to that other than they were both just kind of climbing the ladder together. The future, again, I think as a catcher, I think he would be okay defensively. Right now, I don't think he'd be anything special, but that's certainly something that you can grow at. And I think the bat, again, 250 to two or 240 to 260 type of hitter with potentially 20 home run power. 
and pretty good on base as well, 320, 330, something like that. So I think he's a fine hitter. You want a brave system that's lacking hitting. I think he is certainly up there. Uh, I don't, again, I just don't love the swing personally, but again, if it works for him, then great. And certainly was a big year for him in 2023, climbing all the way up to AAA again, like Waldrop. Would not be surprised if he either goes back to double A and gets more time there, or if they want to start him at triple A. But you look at the catching depth in the system right now. I mean, if something were to happen, I think he's next guy up at the moment. I think the Braves are going to get somebody else, another veteran catcher to stick in triple A. But, uh, you know, Baldwin has certainly climbed the ranks. Uh, could he also be trade bait as well? Like they did with Shailene Aliers, like they've done with William Contreras with Murphy locked up for a while. Could Drake Baldwin be somebody that they center a trade around this offseason? I think that's certainly something that they might do. So that's our Miners Monday segment. That's Hurston Waldrop and Drake Baldwin. Obviously talked about Ronaldo Lopez at the top. Tomorrow we're going to talk about where the Braves go at the within the pitching market now with Aaron, Aaron Nola uh, off the board. And who else is left? Where do they go? Mass Boos talking about. Austin Meadows and others, Julie C talking about Austin Meadows. I know that's somebody uh, who got dropped, uh, you know, with the roster spots the Braves have open right now, they have the ability to take chances on guys like that. And I think they certainly should. So that's definitely a name to keep an eye on Jake. Why is no one talking about Frankie Montas as an option? I think there are options in the system right now um, that, are better than Frankie Montas. I know he has a history, but it's just, it's not somebody that I'm really high on. Cherry saying Drake Baldwin should be the Travis Darno replacement. Possibly. Yeah, I think he's somebody he could, you know, replace Darno in a year and somebody that gets some DH at bats as well from the left side. I think that's certainly a role for Drake Baldwin uh, that I could see him filling into pretty easily. Lawrence Wimberly says, what's up, Jake? I think this is a great deal for the Braves. I don't think they are done. I don't think they are done either. I think there's going to be more to come. Like I said, I think this was a situation where they really wanted NOLA. And there's reports out there. Now you're seeing reports saying that's not true. But there are reports saying the Braves are willing to go to $27 million a year on NOLA. Again, this, if true, sounds like that NOLA was plan A for them. Lopez is just kind of like a backup option if nothing else works out. But in my mind, something else has to work out, whether that's whether that's Sonny Gray, whether that's trading for a Dylan Cease. I see Randy Hall talking about uh, hooking up with the Brewers for either Burns or Freddie Peralta. I think that's still on the table. Dylan Cease. There's got to be more coming. Peter D'Amico talking about Jordan Montgomery. Again, there has to be more, I think. The wild one talking about why can't Braves take a risk and get Trevor Bauer. We had a whole podcast on Trevor Bauer. Like if you could get him for one year, 8 million, see what he could do. Let him get back into the major leagues and, you know, flesh things out, whatever it may be. You want to do that fine, but that just is a, a big risk for any team, not just for the on-field production. You don't know what you're going to get for a guy, you know, well into his thirties now that hasn't pitched in the big leagues in a while, but just the, media that comes with that as well the, the pr that comes with that so uh joe mixon hope you get better he says yamamoto baby i hope so i would love it look if the rumors are true we'll talk about this more tomorrow so i don't want to spoil anything but if the rumors are true and the braves were that aggressive on on nola who is going into his 30s why would you not be that aggressive on a 25 year old 
in Yamamoto, who's probably going to cost more for sure. But I just feel like if you're that aggressive on Nola, Yamamoto seems like the perfect guy for Alex Ndabas to go after because he likes getting these guys young and locking them up through their late 20s, early 30s. So don't want to get anybody's hopes up. A lot of people will be get, will be in on him, certainly. Uh, but I think the Braves will be right there in that mix. And we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's podcast. Thanks so much for joining over 200 in here live tonight. You have been killing it here lately with these live podcasts and the views as well. Thank you so much for all of your support here at Lockdown Braves. Follow us on social media at shortstopball at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next week. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 